At the base of one of the mountains in the Swiss Alps is a marker that has been set there to honor a mountaineer who once fell to his death while attempting a steep ascent. Uh, That marker is very plain, very ordinary. It simply gives the man's name, gives the years that he lived, and then it gives this very brief epitaph which said, He died climbing. He died climbing. You know, if I never knew anything else about that mountaineer, and I don't know anything else about that mountaineer, I would at least know this one thing. I would know that when that man's life ended, he was headed in an upward direction. In fact, that epitaph is probably meant to convey even more than that. It's probably meant to convey the idea that this man's life's passion was to climb and to always be ascending to newer and greater heights. I think in many ways, that is a very apt analogy to how the Apostle Paul described his own life, not in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense. In Philippians, the third chapter, after reflecting on his life before he became a Christian, and then thinking a little bit about how his life was different after he became a Christian... Paul wrote these words in Philippians 3 and in verses 13 and 14. He said, Brothers, there is one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. For Paul, being a Christian could mean one thing and one thing only. And that is to always be moving forward and upward. The idea of doing anything else, I think Paul just saw as not even being an option. The idea of maybe retreating and going backwards, maybe going back to Judaism, maybe going back into the world, for Paul, that just was unthinkable to him. In fact, I think as well, the idea of just kind of remaining stationary as a Christian, just kind of being satisfied right there where he was at that moment when he wrote Philippians, to Paul, that just, that just was unthinkable as well. Paul recognized that Christ had done so much for him. He had forgiven his sins. He had saved his soul. He had made him into a new creation. That Paul recognized that he could do nothing less than to always be pressing onward and upward in his service and in his devotion to the Lord. I think in many ways Paul would have been happy if at the end of his life that that right there was the epitaph on his tombstone, that he died climbing. Of course, this evening I hope you recognize we're not here to talk about that unnamed mountaineer or to stand here and even talk about the Apostle Paul, really. I'm asking about you. What about you, brother? What about you, sister? What about you, friend, who's not yet maybe a brother or a sister? If we were to maybe have to provide a a caption, an epitaph for your tombstone about where you are spiritually at the time of your death, what would we have to write on there? If we were going to be honest and put an honest epitaph, what would that epitaph say? Would it say, he died stagnant and weak and never really made it past those initial steps going up the mountain? Or maybe would your epitaph say, she died reflecting on all of her past glories, of how she used to climb such a long, long time ago. 
Or maybe even would your epitaph say, he or she died sitting down there at the foot of the mountain because he or she was too afraid to even begin that journey on the upward way. We just sang this song, Higher Ground. It is definitely, easily in my top five favorites. And I heard several others say the same thing, especially that version 2.0 that we enjoy singing out of the supplement. You'll find the fuller version in uh, the, the big hymnal, number 109, Higher Ground, is found there. And there's actually four verses uh, in that particular rendition. And I believe that that song really does challenge us to think about this very idea that Paul was reflecting on in Philippians chapter 3. And that is to think about where am I spiritually? If I'm a Christian, was I able to sing those words to that song just a couple of moments ago? Was I able to sing those words with integrity in my heart? That I am pressing on to higher ground each and every day? That I am not content to just remain here. I'm not content to remain down here where all the people here on the world are and all the doubts and the fears exist. No, I'm not content here. I want to keep on pressing on. Maybe just ask yourself this question. Maybe be a more pointed question. Am I a better disciple now than I was, say, one year ago? Think about that. Am I closer to the Lord today than I was on August the 27th, 2016? Do I today have a better understanding and love for the Word of God than I did this same time last year? Or is my understanding and appreciation for God's Word really kind of about at the same level? In the past year, think about maybe some other areas. In the past year, have I become more evangelistic? Or have I become less evangelistic? Am I more patient now? Or am I less patient than I was a year ago? Do I have more self-control today than I did one year ago at this time? Do I pray more? Or do I pray less than this time one year ago? You see, those are, I think, piercing kinds of questions. You know, we're all fine singing that song there and kind of singing it in a real abstract sort of way. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. But you know what? As soon as we start putting some teeth to that, hmm, not sure if we're able to sing that song with integrity. In fact, this song actually gives me the opportunity to address something I feel like I've wanted to address for a long time. To address what I, it's for me, has become my least favorite phrase that Christians say. And I'll go ahead and tell you, yes, I've even heard some of you say it. You want to know what that phrase is? It's the phrase, I used to. I used to do this. I used to do that. I used to teach Bible class. I used to conduct Bible studies with folks. I used to invite my brothers and sisters into my home and be hospitable. I used to send cards and make food for folks that were sick or shut in. I used to do this. I used to do that. I used to be in attendance at every single service. Can I just ask you about all of that I used to business? Barring some health or medical issue in your life, or some other kind of extenuating circumstance that is beyond your control, why are you talking about those things and a thousand other just like it 
in the past tense. What exactly happened, brother? What exactly happened, sister? If I could borrow the question that Paul asked in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 17, you were running so well. What caused you to slow down? I sure hope it's not that, well, I just kind of got tired. That ain't going to fly. Or I hope it's not that kind of faux politeness thing that we sometimes do. Well, I just kind of wanted to take a seat for a while and let somebody else have a turn. And I sure hope it's not that you somehow thought that maybe you reached a a certain level in your spiritual life where you thought, okay, now, now I can hit cruise control and I can just kind of live off all those past glories, all the I used to. Boy, I hope none of those are true of you. None of those things would be true of me. You know, you can read in Revelation chapter 3, in the letter that Jesus sends to that congregation in Sardis, Jesus had to rebuke an entire church full of people because they were trying to live off of what they used to do. Jesus is not looking for followers or for people who are living in the past. He's not looking for people who kind of feel like, well, I've just kind of gone about as far as I can go spiritually. No. Jesus is looking for disciples who are doggedly determined to keep on growing. He is looking for disciples who are ruthlessly relentless in their pursuit of that higher ground. Jesus wants, actually, that's not even a strong enough word. Jesus deserves followers who are seeking daily to excel still more. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 10. Until we breathe our very last breath on this earth, our Lord is most worthy of service and sacrifice and devotion that demonstrates to Him a constant movement in the upward way. So I'm going to ask you again, are you truly pressing for that higher ground? I don't know what you want on your tombstone, but I have to admit, I would be very, very happy if when I came to the end of life's way, and what people knew about me, they would feel like they could actually etch those very words right there on my tombstone. That he died climbing. I'd like to be remembered that way. But even more importantly than how people might remember me or how people might think of me, my greatest desire, and I hope it's your greatest desire, that I would be able one day to stand before my Maker knowing that He knows that I had lived my life in recognition of pressing toward the upward call. I was pressing toward higher ground all the days of my life, and I did that in anticipation of the higher ground that is to come. And so, as we prepare to sing the song of invitation, number 315 is the song that's been selected. Where are you at? I asked just, I don't know, like a half dozen kind of piercing, penetrating spiritual questions. There's a whole bunch more we could ask. Where are you? This is an invitation right now, especially for those of you that are Christians. Where are you in your walk with the Lord? Think really long and hard about that while we sing this song in these next few moments. If you're not a Christian, if you are still down there at the foot of the mountain, kind of looking up, maybe you're watching all of us kind of making our way up toward the, toward the top, come and join us. The invitation of Jesus Christ is open and it is available to you so that you can start climbing.
This evening, if you would indeed confess your faith in Jesus as the Son of God, if you'd be willing to repent and turn from sin, and if you would be willing to submit yourself to the waters of baptism, then tonight you can become a Christian. That'll put your foot on the path. You can start climbing with the rest of us as we're on that upward way toward heaven. If there's anybody here this evening who's subject to the invitation, if we can help you in some way to serve the Lord, why don't you come forward and make your wishes known while we stand and while we sing.